Hello, everybody. I'm Matt Makuchi, and you are listening to the Jazzes Podcast. Hello everybody, Jazz is online editor Matt Mikucci here welcoming you to a new episode of our podcast series of conversations with some of the most amazing artists on the jazz and creative music scene today. A series that we simply like to call the Jazz is Podcast and is brought to you in conjunction with Jazz is Vinyl Club, a series of vinyl compilations carefully curated by the Jazz is editors and that is an absolute must for lovers of jazz and vinyl alike. Our guest today is David Perico, a classically trained trumpeter and award-winning conductor, composer and arranger. David is one of the most in-demand musicians in Las Vegas, regularly wowing audiences with his bands, including his acclaimed Pop Strings Orchestra. He also serves as music director for the NFL Las Vegas Raiders, has toured internationally with the Tommy Dorsey Orchestra and been a featured artist on the PBS Art Scene series. But we focus today on introducing to you his latest creation, Pop Symphonic, a 68-piece orchestra comprising 60 of the best musicians in Las Vegas and eight top vocalists, as well as the recently released album Sidewalk, which showcases the orchestra on a program of 10 original compositions and orchestrations by Perico himself. So fire up on Audio Teeny and listen to the audio waves as they fly through the air. Here is our conversation with David Perico. Hello, David. Welcome to the Jazz Is Podcast. Great to be here, Matt. Thank you. This is what I kind of like to start the podcast with. It's my kind of like quintessential icebreaker question for these for this series of podcasts do you have an early musical memory that you can share with us that you particularly like to revisit and that when you think back to it you think yeah that's when i started to realize that i'd like to become a musician when i grow up oh yeah absolutely my my parents um always took me to concerts to see everybody and the first most memorable concert would have been when i was nine years old this is uh 1979, I saw Chuck Mangione. And oh, that, wow. Yeah, that was, they took me to see Chuck Mangione. And that was, uh, I was only nine, but it was very impressionable. And I, and I fell in love with, uh, the music then. Well, it's interesting that you bring up Chuck Mangione. That's this kind of also, I guess the, that, that influence in particular is one of, one of those influences that's kind of stayed with you over the years, right? Oh, absolutely. I became friends with Chuck and uh, we can get into that later. But yeah, he's always been a huge influence on me. Yeah, we'll get into it uh, a bit later on. And like, you know, because we, we are going to be talking about a few things. I, I, I've been listening to your album Sidewalk as well. Uh, and I could hear so many influences, styles and genres. Uh, we mentioned Chuck Mangione, but like, I wondered whether uh, that's the way it's always been with you. Like, have you always had an eclectic taste, even like as a kid growing up, you listen to all kinds of music? Everything. Yes. Uh, my father was also a musician and there was always a huge album collection, uh, in the house being played. It could be from Rolling Stones. It could be Bob James, uh, El Jarreau, 
the Beatles, a- anything like that, ELO, everything, classic rock. Did uh, you mentioned your father uh, was a musician? Did he uh, was he also an influence? Someone who kind of Im- inspired you to to learn to play an instrument or to become a musician? Yeah, well, my father did not play professionally. He played up until high school. He, you know, he didn't teach me. You know, he just basically played a lot of music for me. And uh, both of my parents took me to a lot of concerts. And what was it, the trumpet that you learned first, or was it yeah, uh, something else? Yes, it was the right. trumpet. Right. When did you realize that was the instrument for you? <laughs> it was ironic, I because I, my dad had a clarinet and a saxophone. So in fourth grade, I was nine years old, went to school with a clarinet because I wanted to play in band, and there were no trumpet players. And so the band director handed me a trumpet, and I said, no, I have my own clarinet. My dad wants me to play sax. And they say, why don't you try it? So uh, the rest is mystery. Here we go. <laughs> so I came home with a, tr- I went to school with a, with a clarinet and came home with a trumpet. Uh, did you have any early influences then on the trumpet? Yes, absolutely. So the, the first trumpet players, well, you know, I, I've heard were basically at that time, Al, uh, Herb Albert had a song called Rise that was wow. out. And then Chuck Mangione had Feel So Good. So those were my two first you know, um, immediate influences on what a trumpet, you know, a trumpet player. Yeah, but then, yeah, yeah. But then as time went on, I got in, you know, listened to everybody, you know, from classical to jazz to Latin to all styles. You know, we talked earlier about Chuck Frangioni. You got to meet him eventually. Yeah, so uh, where I went to school and did my bachelor's degree, uh, I'm from Youngstown, Ohio, originally. And I went to the university there, which had a great jazz program. And the conductor, Tony Leonardi, who's no longer with us, uh, grew up in upstate New York with Chuck Mangione. And they used to play together. So he asked Chuck to come in for a benefit charity concert. And I wrote a song called Mangione. And we performed it for him. And he gave me his hat, put his hat on me. And then I played the next song with his band. And then from that point on, I used to... uh, um, I stayed in touch with him at concerts throughout, you know, uh, wherever he was at. And I would go visit him or hang with him at his, at his, uh, one of his apartments in, uh, New York City. And we became, we became, um, you know, friends. He wrote me a, he wrote me a, a letter and it, it went something like, uh, hey, Tony Leonardo, he tells me to watch out that you're the next Chuck Mangione. Keep on honking. <laughs> <laughs> so. And I still have I have that letter framed, you know. So wow, wow, wow. That was wow. in ni- that was in 1994. So, but but you know, becoming a musician, and this is another thing that kind of interests me because it takes some kind of commitment, right? I mean, so uh, before you kind of decided to to become to do this professionally, was there a moment when you when you realized that it would be difficult to do, and did you have a plan B, or this was just just the way? And was there a moment when you realized that you that was the way for you. I think, yeah, I th- early on, like when I was in my teens, 15, 16, I, I loved, I was playing in all kinds of different bands and stuff. Uh, but then I got a partial scholarship to Youngstown State University in the jazz program. And about, uh, my fourth year in, I was offered to, uh, go on the road with the Tommy Dorsey Orchestra which was basically 46 weeks a year, one nighters at age 21. So that's where I, I, I decided, you know, I'm going to go into music, but I knew it was tough because I didn't want to be a band director. So I switched to like performance and I just wasn't, I wasn't, you know, I was kind of hitting a dead end at, at school and, and that kind of came as a, as a huge blessing. And then from there, I just, you know, 
I stayed on the road for about 10 years. And again, that, you know, I, I read about that and I just thought, wow, that's, that's amazing because the Tommy Dorsey Orchestra, that's another incredible institution, you know? It's, <laughs> I mean, that must have been an amazing experience, especially considering what you went on to do then later. Yeah, I think, you know, as a musician, you know, the, the traveling is so important. I mean, you know, f 45, 46 weeks a year on, on a bus with 17 other guys, you know, is, is an education on its own. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, and we're talking at a time with no cell phones, you know, no internet. So you basically, you know, you're looking for your next meal and the next laundromat. <laughs> right. Know? But playing with such, such great, and the, and the diversity in that band, the demographic of that band, you know, you had, uh, musicians that were in their 70s and cats that were my age 21 22 so you had this nice diversity and it was just it was awesome yeah. playing the music of tommy tommy dorsey and one minute we would be at lincoln center and then the next we would be in like iowa at some elks club in a basement <laughs> you know it was yeah it was pretty amazing pretty amazing experience uh and i learned a lot on the road not just about the music but just you know survival almost a survival thing Yeah, yeah, I can imagine. You know, yeah, and I, I believe you said there that when you started playing with them, you weren't really thinking about becoming a band director at that time. No, I, you know, um, prior to like in college, like I, I find that it's interesting. I never wanted to actually say I want to be a conductor or I want to be a band leader, but being a composer, uh, someone who writes their own music, the only way you can get it played is to have your own band to have them play it. So that's how I kind of morphed into uh, being a leader. Of course, I took conducting classes in college and, and, and all that stuff, but I never saw myself as an orchestra conductor or band leader or anything like that. But I always had kind of a natural feel for, I guess, being in front of the band and calling off the, the tunes. Well, it's interesting that you're saying that because, of course, you know, considering what's happening today, you know, your bands have kind of continued to grow, it seems, and it comes to, you know, present times and pop symphonic, which, you know, it, first of all, I'd love to ask you, uh, you know, to, to, to introduce it to us, let's say, you know, uh, but also to me, it kind of seems like an, an, an evolution or a, an intertwining of projects that, that have kind of defined, you know, your, your, uh, body of work up to now, including the pop strings orchestra and, and all, all of the other things that you've done. Do, do you see it that way? Do you see pop symphonic as kind of just an evolution? Oh, absolutely. You're spot on. Um, you know, I produce eight bands, but the one band that has really been the most popular in Las Vegas is the Pop Strings Orchestra, which is the 15 piece. But, uh, and we've, we're at Caesar's Palace for four years and the Palms and a couple other, uh, Las Vegas residencies. Uh, but the great thing about that band, this band, uh, that's been so well received is that we have, you know, the diversity. It's an all female seven string, Uh, section, four rhythm, two singers, two horns. And what I'm doing is taking, you know, songs of the day or, you know, uh, popular songs, whether it's, uh, Bruno Mars or, or Beyonce or some classic rock or ACDC, Motley Crue, whatever, uh, live, you know, um, living on a prayer by, uh, Bon Jovi and making this into a modern day dance band. It's, it's basically a 15 piece big band, but it's just, just a different spin. And so basically I 
involving that into the orchestra, like what I would call a true pops orchestra. Which, by the way, is kind of like keeping a, a, a tradition alive. I feel because that was, you know, that's going back. It's been a, it's been a very important part of music history. Yeah, I mean, I've always been a fan of the big bands. I mean, I grew up listening to all the big bands, and and I played in a big band on the road. So, I've always loved the the, the energy of the bigger band. So this was my take on it, using the strings and and. Uh, and having fun composing all the arrangements, writing all the arrangements for them, doing the pop stuff. Now, going into Pop Symphonic, this Sidewalk album is just 10 originals. I'm not doing any of the Earth, Wind & Fire or uh, any of the 70s classic rock yet to be recorded. This was just 10 originals out of the gate. Um, so, But the reason for Pop Symphonic, getting back to your original uh, question, the evolution of it was I'm such a huge fan of the symphonic uh, arena and all the composers in it that when I would go see a Pops concert it still sounded like a legit orchestra playing I don't want to say trying but playing you know watered down arrangements of these songs so I just thought you know let me let me get into a real symphony a real symphonic situa uh, situation created where we're playing these songs just like a rock concert if, you know that that's that's the feel I want what I'm going for right right and of course it's 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 a huge band I mean it's a 68 piece I understand right yeah it's 60 60 yeah it's 60 with eight singers I had on the on the album oh right yeah yeah I mean you know this is an, this is a naive question I'm almost embarrassed to ask but it's just I mean it's it's, it's just I'm, I'm fascinated and I'm very curious I mean is it difficult to put a, a huge ensemble like that together? You know, I have, it, it really, it, it isn't when you're working with professionals. Um, I have, you know, my band manager, who's also the, uh, the lead violist, she takes care of all the scheduling. So I may just say, we have a date here and she'll fill it. She'll fill it with the musicians. Uh, but it, that's not to say it's not difficult, you know, getting everyone's schedule, but we have such a nice pool of uh, roster of musicians in Las Vegas that I know what whoever shows up on whatever chair, it's going to be covered properly. And I think that's, I mean, one thing very unique indigenous to Las Vegas is these musicians that are playing with in my orchestras and bands also play with headliners. So like the string section, they're playing, they're playing with Aerosmith. They're playing with Shania Twain, Rod Stewart, Celine Dion, Andre Bocelli, Donnie Marie Osmond. You know, the list goes on. So that's what's really unique about a Las Vegas uh, orchestra. The track you are hearing is from Sidewalk, the latest album by David Perico and his 68-piece pop symphonic. 
It's also part of a program of 10 original compositions and orchestrations by Perico, which cover a wide range of genres, including high-energy pop, classical, R&B, Motown, and much more. We'll talk more about the album in a moment, but first, I wanted to remind you that if you love jazz and vinyl, you should check out Jazz's Vinyl Club, a new series of vinyl compilations carefully curated by the Jazz's editors and featuring some of the most exciting jazz artists from yesterday and today that we cover in the print version of Jazz's, Jazz's.com, and these Jazz's podcasts. Go to Jazz's.com and click on Join Vinyl Club. But now, back to our conversation with David Perico. The album is titled Sidewalk, and I was wondering whether Mm -hmm. there's a specific reference to be read in the title. Yeah, Sidewalk uh, came from, I remember years ago, I was being impatient about my music career, about stuff. And my uh, Italian grandfather, who was uh, a tile and marble, you know, artisan, he said, look, you can't walk on the sidewalk until the cement's dry. And that always stuck with me. So that's why I I wrote Sidewalk. Also, yeah. So how long ago was that, that you kind of felt, I I guess, a bit down on what was going on? I think it was when I... took my first break from the road or just before then things weren't happening for me I, I wanted to leave college and then the Tommy Dorsey thing came up I only went out for three weeks and I was going to come back and then you know he just said be patient things will work out things are going to work out and yeah, he's like, yeah just don't yeah. he's like just don't drink and don't smoke <laughs> that's, that's good uh <laughs> that's good advice too <laughs> let's face it yeah, yeah well uh, uh, you know uh so sidewalk as well you mentioned it is a c- kind of a collection of d- 10 original compositions it's all original Correct. compositions yes and so i wondered then so uh d- how pop symphony has kind of opened that up for i mean does it inspire you as a composer as well do you see more possibilities potential for exploring different Past different avenue for the whatever direction you want your, to take in your music. Yes, I do. I I, I feel that the symphony uh, is a great arena to to really expose people to great music, and it just has to be presented in the right way. So when I I just find that when you play music that people know, and you can put your own twist on it, that really engages people. So. If I do three or four songs that people know, let's just say for shorthand, Earth, Wind, and Fire, you know, September and Groove Tonight and In the Stone, and then maybe some Beyonce and, and Bruno Mars, Michael Jackson, and then I throw in an original. See, that makes them comfortable. So it's just basically presenting original music in a format where they're comfortable. And where I see this going is I would love to tour with pop strings, the, the you know, 13 or 14 of the musicians where we can play as the pop strings orchestra at smaller clubs and stuff and then plug into any symphony. So, cause I'm doing all the arrangements for both, you know, I have all the arrangements for the symphony and all the arrangements for pop, pop strings. It's kind of like we can, uh, we can plug into any symphony and do a show as well. And yeah. so when I was listening to the album, another thing that really fascinated me is how, you know, each track seems to have, it kind of, kind of unravels like a story. I mean, there's a narrative to them. So when I was listening to them, I, I, I then just made the connection. I mean, I could hear a cinematic dimension to the album. 
I wondered whether whether narrative is another thing that you kind of kind of pay attention to. Everything that I write has a has a theme or a uh, something in mind that's inspiring. Just like a painter or a writer or a book, you're, it's basically what I have. You know, sidewalk is about sidewalk. You know, Carmela is about my grandmother. Uh, you know, the, the titles are definitely about something, and yeah. they just turn they you know they turn out to be more. I, and I, I love the term. Thank you for saying cinematic. I, because they're melodies. And to me, if you're listening to the great composers of today, of today, you know, if just, let's just say John Williams and, and yeah. the great themes that he, that he's created, or even go back to Henry Mancini or Nino Rota with Godfather. These are themes or even Beethoven, you know, those themes are ingrained in us. And that's, that's what I, I love writing melodies that somebody would sing or, or whistle after done singing it. And that, that's, that's the cinematic part of it. Something that's a theme, a, a, a theme. Yeah. Yeah. Like I believe, um, one of the tracks is called La Promesa. It was like, uh, you know, when yes. I was listening to it, it was like I was watching a movie. You know, <laughs> I had that kind of feeling like, you know, cause there's, I guess also the, the vocals too added to it. So, I mean, you know, talking about the rich instrumentation and the vocals also play quite a, quite an important role in, in this record. Yeah, it's it's interesting. I felt like I wanted to to incorporate uh, a rap element, not a, not a gangster rap, but something that was more modern. And then uh, the the singer on that is Fletch Walcott. He's he's the uh, the lead singer with Pop Strings. That was actually originally that section was actually a solo section for me to play a trumpet solo. And I thought, you know what? Why don't you just why don't you just riff some words? And he came up with that on the spot, pretty much. In a rehearsal, wow. and I said, you know, let's let's keep it. Then Rocky Brown, uh, she she put the background kind of vibe on it. Um, she she's a very talented singer songwriter as well. So that's how that came together. But it's 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 definitely you know the La Promessa in Italian means obviously the promise, and it and it has kind of a you know a Godfather uh la cosa nostra vibe to it <laughs> something something <laughs> like that you know that I, I just wanted to i thought something like the godfather something you know like the the promise like you kept your promise you know you got to keep your promise yeah. <laughs> something like that yeah. <laughs> so that's how la promessa it. that's how la promessa came about it's it's got that street kind of you know that that kind of vibe. Yeah, yeah, no, definitely. And and the rapping part really works well. It's one of those Thank moments you. in the album. You know, there's many moments in the album where you're listening to 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 the track and then something pops up in the middle of it that's kind of surprising but it really works well so that's kind of why i was thinking of like you know uh the the the, the motions and kind of the structures of of a movie so a, that was another kind of reading that i had there that i just wanted yeah to throw up. I, I, yeah I've, I've i've had uh several reviews and and that's it, a really high compliment and thank you so much for for listening number one and and to me like somebody you know said well that that's that could be a, a theme to a movie or that should be in a movie that song and I was like great no problem let's do it <laughs> so well you know have you ever have you, have you ever thought about and like is this, is this something that interests you I mean have you have you worked in a film before I've done two small films but they were uh, just very small small films where I, I wrote a couple of uh, scores and some and more it was more like big band charts like uh, one was called pop star puppy 
And one was called The Three E's about a veteran that came back from Iraq. So it was basically, um, uh. they were very small, but nothing on a grand scale like Pop Symphonic. You know what would be really cool? Cause, cause I, I, I also like, you know, one, one of the things that I love to attend is, uh, uh, silent film screenings with huge orchestras. Yeah. Maybe like, you yeah. know, a commissioned, a piece commissioned, uh, yeah. uh, you know, with, uh, with, uh, pop symphonic music to, to asylum film. That would be really awesome. Yeah. But I'm just kind of getting them. I guess I'm, I'm a little, uh, inspired because, you know, it'd be, it'd be interesting to, to kind of see something like that. Because I've read, even though I, I'm a European, so I'm all about soccer. <laughs> of course. But, but I'd be remiss if I didn't mention that you're, you know, I, I've read that you're the music director of the Las Vegas uh, Raiders. Yes. So that's um, uh, that's the sports side of the entertainment world covered as well. <laughs> yeah. So basically, Pop Strings Orchestra plays, we play all the home games at Allegiant Stadium live in front of 65,000 people. And uh, that's been a great opportunity, a huge uh, I'm just honored, you know, that, that we were able to get this, uh, that this lined up and it, it's been awesome playing at all the games, great exposure, just great fun, live TV. And it's a lot of heat yeah. on me because I'm calling two minute cues, one minute cue, 30 seconds, 20 seconds, bumper in. It's live TV. So it's very much like a Tonight Show band uh, scenario. That's that's amazing. I mean, it sounds amazing. It sounds like there's there's so much going on, uh, David, uh, when it comes to you and uh, your music. And it's been really a pleasure talking about some of it with you uh, at this time. So thank you very much for joining us. Oh, thank you very much. It's Matt. It's it's my pleasure. enjoyed our conversation with David Perico and I encourage you to check out Sidewalk, his latest album. And if you love jazz and vinyl, be sure to check out our Jazz Is Vinyl Club. Join the club and we will send you four premium limited edition color vinyl albums mailed directly to you. Just go to jazzes.com and click on Join Vinyl Club for more. And as music from Sidewalk by David Perico and his awesome 68-piece pop symphonic plays us out, I encourage you to keep an eye out for more upcoming Jazzes podcasts and the wealth of content available to you on our website jazzes.com. Our winter 2022 print magazine was also recently released and includes a special focus on some of the world's most exciting jazz guitarists as well as the Jazzes critics naming their favorite jazz releases of 2022. Till the next time, this is Matt Mikuchi signing off. See you soon.